The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello there. Welcome to Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. We have come to the last broadcast in our studies about the Old Testament prophet Joel. God is going to judge Israel's enemies and restore Israel to himself. There will be a national salvation by God for Israel. I hope you will stay with us for the teaching just ahead. In the meantime, I want to tell you about our website, faithalone.org, and remind you that it is time to get registered for the Grace Evangelical Society's 2023 National Conference. It's coming up in May, May the 22nd through the 25th. And here is Ken Yates with a word about that conference. I've been going to the conferences since, I think, 1990. I've missed a few when I was in the military. I was overseas and wasn't able to come. But there's never been a time when I went to one of these conferences where I didn't learn something, where I got insight to passages of scriptures that I didn't have before. It's just outstanding. You're not going to get any better teaching anywhere in the States. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased. Thank you, Ken Yates for that good word about Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference coming up 2023, May the 22nd through the 25th. We encourage you to take a look at it on our website, faithalone.org, and get registered and come and join us. That's faithalone.org. And now, Dave Renfro, Bob Wilkin, and Ken Yates with today's discussion. Welcome back, everybody, and we're in the final chapter of Joel, chapter 3, verse 1, and according to your outline, verses 1 through 17, dealing with the far future, talks about God's judgment on Israel's enemies, and then the last four verses, 18 through 21, deal with Israel's future restoration, which we've been talking a lot about, judgment and restoration. Here it is again. The day of the Lord, judgment and restoration. Yeah, Yeah. and what's interesting about this judgment is this concentrates on Israel's enemies before Israel was also being judged. And now when we talk about the future, we talk about Israel's enemies are going to be judged. So he starts out in verse 1 of chapter 3, Behold, in those days and at that time when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem. Now, when would that be? Well, you know, there could be more than one fulfillment Some people of talk about the final in gathering. Well, it could be. What I'm thinking is I'm kind of a proponent of the possibility of double fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. In other words, there's a nearer in the future fulfillment and then there's the farther in the future The previous ones could be the Babylonian exile, which they came back around 535 B.C., thereabouts. Also, who knows, Rome may be involved during Jesus' time and afterwards. After Jesus' time, there were a couple of Roman emperors that did horrible things to Israel. But then there's the far future one, which we call the tribulation. Right. So I'm thinking maybe... It's a double fulfillment of possibly the Babylonian exile and the tribulation. Sure, the Babylonian one is a foreshadowing. You're right. Right. But now clearly verse 2 looks at the end of the tribulation, right? Yes. I mean, this is, isn't it the Battle of Armageddon? Well, it's not in the Valley of Megiddo. It's in the Valley of Jehoshaphat. So how do we explain that? Well, notice it says, I will bring down all nations, bring them down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Guess what Jehoshaphat means? Yeah, I'm not going to guess. It means Yahweh judges. This could be a reference to the Valley of Megiddo, but they call it Yahweh judges. Yahweh judges. I like that. Okay. Okay. 
That's a possibility. All right. And notice it says that the Lord will enter into judgment with them there. Why? On account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nation. That's both north and south. The north was scattered by the Assyrians. The south was scattered by the Persians. What he does then in verse 3 is show how inhumane Israel's captors were. Notice he says, they've cast lots for my people, have given a boy as payment for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Bottom line is, for the enemies of Israel, those civilizations, life is cheap. What have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon and all the coasts of Philistia, meaning the Philistines? Will you retaliate against me? If you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation. Notice verse 5 does the same thing. You've taken my silver and my gold and carried into your temples and my prized possessions. Oh, by the way, you've also, verse 6, sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem, sold them to the Greeks. In other words, the Philistines on the coast did that. Because remember, the Philistine coast was not far from Greece. Right. So they would capture Jews and then sell them off as as slaves. The Jews have been really horribly treated by their enemies very inhumanely all through history. But God's people return. Verse 7, Behold, I will raise them out of the place which you have sold them and return your retaliation upon your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hands of the people of Judah. So the Lord is going to reverse the judgment. Yeah, they get away with a lot, but guess what? They pay for it horribly. The judgment then is described starting in verse 9. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. And I love this. Verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Have you ever heard a verse similar to that? Yeah. Except it's breach your swords into plowshares. Isaiah, Isaiah 2 4 is just the opposite. Right. Because in the millennium, they won't have to have the swords. They can go the other way. But, That's right. But during this time, during this, yes. they're going to need the weaponry. And That's he's not calling on Israel to do this. He's calling the Gentiles to do this because he's like, come out and meet me. Let's see who wins. And when does that happen? The end of the in tribulation. The, in the tribulation. Right. I think chapter 3 is talking about times of the tribulation. What do you think? I yes. think so. And verse 11 continues this. Assemble and come all you nations. Gather, cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. I think what he does in that last phrase is he says, your mighty ones, uh, we would probably consider them angelic warriors. So it'll be the Lord fighting the battle, right? Isn't that what happens in Revelation 19? Yeah, you and I are there, but do we swing a sword or shoot an arrow? Who fights that battle? The angels and the Lord. The Lord does. And it's like, boom, done. I mean, the Lord could do it all by himself, but he chooses to take some angels and have us trailing along as the uh, witnesses, right? (laughs) Right. We must be on the front row. We are. Notice once again, look at verse 12. He says, let the nations be wakened and come to where? The Valley of Jehoshaphat. Look what he says there in the next phrase. For there I will sit to what? Judge the surrounding nations. And that's exactly what happens, doesn't it, in the tribulation? And then they put in the weed eater. The weed eater, yeah. Well, it wasn't a sickle, an early version of a weed eater? In a bizarre way, yeah. (laughs) They swing this blade thing and... Yeah, the harvest is ripe. Notice the last phrase there, it's time for judgment. Why? Their wickedness is great. Yeah, once it's filled up. That's right. It's time to go to the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Yeah. And you see this throughout. When the sins are fulfilled or complete, 
that happened, of course, with the Canaanites. God waited that whole time they were in Egypt until the Canaanites. It happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. It happened in the flood. God waited until, and even Second Peter 3, 9 seems to be saying that as long as there's enough repentance worldwide, the tribulation is forestalled. But once the sins are filled, then here comes the tribulation and billions of deaths. Uh, what I love about verse 14 is Joel really gets into this. Notice multitudes, multitudes. You Bible scholars know that that kind of repetition is significant. You know, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why that repetition? The repetition is for intensity. With Jesus, it was intense emotions. Here, there's intense excitement in a way. Notice he doesn't call it the Valley of Jehoshaphat. He calls it the Valley of Decision, which is probably the Valley of Jehoshaphat, same place. But here it's the place where the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And it probably is, as we've talked about, it's probably the valley of Megiddo in reality. And you get the cosmic signs. You do. Once again, you get cosmic signs. Have we seen the moon and sun grow dark earlier in the book of Joel? Yeah. Yes. With that enemy army. But we'll look at verse 16. The Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. Sounds like the Lion of Judah. It does. And And once again, we see the emphasis on the nation of Israel here. Yes, you do. That this is not talking about the church. Right. Yeah, this is purely the southern kingdom, I think. The Lord will be a shelter for his people and a strength. There's comforting words here, aren't there? Yeah. He will deliver. He will protect. Remember that... My little triad there, deliverance, protection, and provision. This is the production. He will be a shelter and a strength. Why? So you will know that I am the Lord your God. That phrase, that you will know that I'm the Lord your God, appears many times in the plagues of Egypt. In other words, he's doing those plagues so that Pharaoh and Israel will know that he is the only true God. And the rest of verse 17 also shows it's the last day because whatever... Whatever foreshadowing the return under Babylon did, you certainly couldn't say, then Jerusalem shall be holy and no foreigner shall ever pass through her again. No. That certainly didn't happen. That's uh, future. No. That's future. That's about as future as it gets. Right. There's coming a day when the king is going to rule from Jerusalem. Yeah. And, and look at all the blessings in 18. The final verses, 18 to 21, believe it or not, is another passage on... Restoration. Restoration. It'll come to pass in that day. That's future. Mountains will drip with new wine, flow with milk. In other words, everything that is life-giving will be in abundance. Why? Because it's from the house of the Lord. He's the source of all that. And Judah and Jerusalem, verse 20, are going to be blessed from from generation generation to generation. What does that from generation to generation imply? I would say forever. Forever. Right. And then notice he says, I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed whom I not acquitted for the Lord dwells in Zion. In other words, he forgives his people. And then on the basis of that forgiveness, he blesses them. Doesn't this show God's absolute sovereignty? It definitely does. And it shows it with two actions that the Lord does. Judgment. Judgment. Restoration. Ding, 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 ding. God is holy and God is merciful. And he's just. Right. The pattern you see here in Joel goes all the way to the end of time in Revelation. David, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic series, right, Ken? I've thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. And I hope all of you gained a much greater appreciation for the book of Joel. I know I did. 
But let's all remember, no matter what book of the Bible we're in, no matter where we are in life, to keep Keep grace in focus. Bob Wilkins' great book, The Ten Most Misunderstood Words in the Bible, is available half price right now in the GES bookstore, faithalone.org. Go there and use the code word MISUNDERSTOOD for 50% off through March the 31st, 2023. Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other free grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, we will return to doing some questions and answers, and we will be looking at assurance. Won't you come and be with us for the next Grace in Focus? This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.